Hello. We are back with another episode of the 2023 World Cup series from the Cricket with the West Coast Infidels. This is Vasant and with me are Ramakrishnan G. Iyer and Anand Kumar Shankaran. Today, we will review the five games that made up the fourth round of the tournament. We will talk about who did well, who did not, and what have been the surprises in this phase. We will then proceed to briefly preview the five games that will make up round five and also talk about the impact the games will have in the race to the semi-finals. Without further ado, we will go straight to the round four games, starting with New Zealand and Afghanistan. Yeah, went as per plan, uh, as per uh, predictions. Although I think Afghanistan did remarkably well to keep New Zealand under 300 runs. Yes, it is Chennai, but... I expected New Zealand to at least score 300 runs, and they did not. Sachin Ravindra did fine. He batted at three. He did not open this time. Bill Young and Devon Conway started well. But I think New Zealand lost their way in the middle once Daryl Mitchell failed for once. Single digit. That's an aberration given his last 15 or 20 scores. Broken finger. Kane is out. Latham was the captain. Mixed reviews about his captaincy, but then Glenn Phillips came to the party today. Chapman provided the finishing touches. New Zealand huffed and puffed to 288. The four Afghani spinners made full use of the Chennai track. Everyone bowled well. Omar Zai did go for eight, eight and over, but Rashid Khan 4.3, Mohammad Nabi 5.12. Some of those bowling analyses are a throwback to the 90s ODI games. They did fairly well. Afghanistan started and then misfired. It's like those old two-stroke scooters that misfire and backfire. There's a very slow grind, very boring game, another one-sided game. Santner, of course, home ground for him, bowled exceptionally well. Rachin Ravindra also picked up a wicket. Lockie Ferguson cleaned up three wickets with a even more impressive economy rate of 2.71, seven overs, one maiden, 19 runs. Uh, Matt Henry also had two maidens in his five-hour spell. It was quite remarkable. Afghanistan folded. Was this the team that beat England? No sign of that on a ground which was perhaps more friendly to them than Kotla. Yeah, New Zealand is way on top. And the no kings in their armor that we can see. The kings such as Rajin Ramindra, have delivered for them. I saw some chatter about Mark Chapman. I haven't seen him a lot. Like, what do you think of Chapman? Is there anything that this New Zealand team cannot do? So for starters, answering your question about Chapman, Chapman has been actually very successful. He chips in when the chips are down, if you will. And he really has been acting like the pressure cooker in this team. There have been games he has won on his own with the bat, He's more than a useful left-arm spinner. Although they don't use him much, they like Glenn Erapali Phillips for his 2-3 overs every match. But this guy has a lot of value and he's also a gun fielder like pretty much every single of the New Zealand guys. I think the game was decided at the toss for reasons that I don't understand at least. Afghanistan put New Zealand in. This was a track that they should have batted first and they should have let their spinners go off on the New Zealanders in the back 50. And I think that's where they lost the battle because they are not built for chasing total. This is not a good batting unit. Especially this point, I, I so agree with it, especially because that is exactly what they did against England and that is how they won. 
So we spoke a lot about how Afghanistan has presented the rest of the people with a template to beat England. But that was also Afghanistan's own template to try and make a match of their games with the others, like New Zealand. And, and, and they failed to apply their own uh, template by winning the toss and going the way uh, they did, I thought. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that point. Even then, they had New Zealand at four down for 110 or so. Mm. And then they started dropping catches. So this is a poor strategy from Afghanistan. So I would have thought they would have been better off batting first. That said, Anand, I'm with you. This New Zealand team is looking very complete. Four games, they've dealt with one tough opponent, three banana peels or potential banana peels. The margins are very, very big. They've not even been pushed in any game. Side trivia fact about Mark Chapman, born in Hong Kong and plays for New Zealand, more, more on domicile or, or whatever they have there. To me, on Mark Chapman, while he is good in his own right, he's a guy who sort of does that Shardul Takur role as well for the New Zealand team. He ensures that they have this solid guy or who can bat at seven or eight. There have been enough games where he's really not been even needed, just like Takur's batting has not been needed by India. I see a lot of parallels there. He's the, he's the insurance policy that allows people at the top of the order to kind of play the way they do and hit the totals that they do. Devon Conway, Rachin Ravindra, people like those is, is the other thing that I feel about this guy. But yeah, you're right. We've got this big game coming up, India, New Zealand, Dharamshala. But that may well be the first game where India may trip particularly because they don't have the services of Hardik Pandya. And that is how complete I think this New Zealand squad really is. Everybody is wondering where the Achilles heel in the Indian team in is, is looking like. But I think the question to ask is, where is the Achilles heel in New Zealand? Particularly because I think our good friend Tim Sadi is now back. He's, he's been declared fit. So I think complete game and, and New Zealand looking super good. Bangladesh and India went as per script in the sense that we've all thought India was going to win, India was going to win comfortably. And I think that is exactly what happened. An absolute masterclass of a chase was set up with Virat Kohli in the center of it, making 103 runs, including the last 28 runs on the trot without allowing uh, KL Rahul an opportunity to bat at all, right? And of course, we, we saw in the news later that it was KL Rahul's idea that you should just sit back at the other end and allow Virat Kohli to make all the runs. So I think it was 28 runs required. Uh, Virat Kohli needed 27 at that point. And he basically made all of them from from that point onwards. So that that, that was possibly the, the first time we were all at the edge of our seats waiting to find out if Virat would make a 100 or not. Right? We got the, the whole suspense and the last ball excitement for the first time. But moving on to the Bangladesh side, Litton Das, again, came to the party. He has started getting better, 66 runs, strike rate of 80. That is more a function of how well I think the Indian bowlers bowled to him as well. But he was amongst the runs, which was great. Mahmudullah played a little gem at the very end with the finisher, whatever, striking at uh, 127. Unlucky to miss out on a 50. I thought he deserved one, particularly given that he's one of the senior citizens of the Bangladeshi team. 
The third thing that I found interesting about the, the Bangladeshi squad composition, especially after Shakib was left out because of an injury, was the appointment of Shanto as the captain. They had these other senior guys, Mahmudullah being a good example of one, a former captain at the boot, Mushfikur Rahim, also a former captain, Litin Das, who's been a terrific player for them. All possible choices for captain, but it went to Shanto. I wasn't tracking the squad in terms of who was appointed vice-captain at the beginning. Maybe we should have, but I was very surprised to find out that it was Shanto who was leading. Yeah, Rahul did score one run in the last... Oh, he made one, is it? That, that he, made, okay. he, yeah, okay. he made one. <laughs> but uh, I was... Uh, I mean, people were complaining that Virat was slowing down and, and all of that. I, I don't understand that at all. They scored easily like eight, eight, nine runs on over continuously after over 37. So I don't get it. Yeah, maybe the penultimate over, Virat was, he did not take a couple of twos. Singles. But correct. he finished, yeah, he, he didn't take a couple of singles, right? And he didn't try to run, but he finished with a flourish. I was okay with it. As somebody made a pity tweet, the first close game was between Virat 100 and India winning. It was a complete game. It's a pity that Hardik injured himself. It was one of those awkward injuries. Ankle sprains, they can go in any direction. I suppose that was our that was the big worry and it has happened. I'm hoping that Hardik would recover at least at the business end. Or we'll, as you said, that probably is the difference. We are recording this on October 21st. That is probably the difference in, in three hours when India take on New Zealand. I really didn't see anything from Bangladesh that merited any kind of a fight. There was some nice batting up top by Tanzid and Litton, but it didn't seem as if they ran away with the game. Mm. They were still under control. It was not like they blasted their way at a run rate of seven or eight and then they battered us out like, say, Gurbaz took down England. It was not the case. We were still clamping them down at 5.5 or something like that. Absolutely. And they didn't get that platform to take off. Toothless bowling attack. I have uh, no issues with whatever Kohli did in the end. Uh, he actually got five extra runs or four extra runs with that final shot. When you're losing a game, you don't want to give up a huge run rate. When you're winning a game, one or two doesn't matter too much. There's a little difference between wildly swinging when you need 200 runs to win and getting out instead of batting quietly and reducing the deficit to 100. This is a matter of four or five runs at most. At the end of the game, evidently, there were some spectator problems again. We have idiots in every corner, uh, country. Every fan club. Every that? team has a few, a bunch of guys who just don't know how to operate in a sport. We've seen a few in this tournament already. Ahmedabad, we saw some, and so did we in Pune. Although, in Ahmedabad, they also abuse Indian players, so it's not that big a deal. It's not like the Bangladesh team and supporters are any angels. They have done their bit. Having said that, quite a normal win, nothing of note, nothing more really to talk about. So, if there's nothing more about this, let's go on. Gil's first World Cup 50. Yes. It, uh, amazing how I was going to say the exact same thing uh, yeah. about Gill getting into the runs and hopefully the start of a lot of runs over the yeah. next three editions for Shubman Gill. Rohit and Gill, I think there was a century for the offing, missed out on it, but... Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah, and both of them sort of threw it away after they got to there. As for that matter, did Shreya's ear? He threw it away as well. Apparently, Lord Thakur was pa- was supposed to go in ahead of KL. Rohit had just made that decision, asked Lord to go and get ready. But by the time he was ready, Iyer got out. So they had no choice but to send in KL, and Thakur just sat in kid batting. And, and that is how Virat Kohli scored his forty eighth ODI hundred, or Lord would have outscored him. <laughs> that was an interesting interesting decision if the idea is that we want takur to be doubling up as hardik's backfield he should ideally be batting at 6 as opposed to 5 but i guess they were just looking for a way to get him some batting before yeah. the big game against new zealand coming up loading late yeah. tonight i have a slightly different view on this i just thought they wanted to send takur in to go and tonk a few Mm. Okay, to go and just have a go at it, and even if he scored twenty twenty five runs very quickly, it addressed the shortening of the batting lineup because Hardik was not available to bat, mm. and instead of Takur at seven, Jadeja would still have been coming in at seven. So it felt that the it was a longer batting mm. lineup, and in case something went off, there is Jadeja batting at seven to, to bail you out. Mm. As opposed to Takur coming in at number seven and then us having to hold our breath with a Pandya has to come into bat. Here Takur comes in. There's no loss. If he makes contact, that's twenty five runs in double quick time. Yeah, ta- talking about big game players, uh, I think we should talk about Australia's Lord Marcus Toynis mm. and how mm. he pretty much, in my opinion, single. I mean, not single handedly, cost them to win. Australia versus Pakistan. Over to you, Vasant. Yeah. So let me start with Pushpa Warner. What an innings! <laughs> brilliant. Okay. A brilliant innings, and with a and celebrated with a lot of flourish. So that man should be playing for Hyderabad. He has no business playing for Delhi or for Australia, for that matter. This was a superb innings. Beautiful control, well timed. Yes, of course, he was dropped once, but that's besides mm-hmm. the point. Everybody gets dropped. I thought he played very well, and along with Mitch Marsh, at some point it looked like they had battered Pakistan out of the game. And Pakistan's the early returns from Rauf and Afridi were sort of average, and Nawaz was doing nothing with the ball, and neither was Sama Mir. But the moment the first wicket fell, suddenly Australia started struggling. If you remember, I think they added just about 115 runs or so after the first wicket fell. Yeah. and not very quickly too and this reminded me of a test match in 2011 at perth india were all out for about 183 if i'm not mistaken and they opened with warner and kavans it comes, they got to yeah. 185 or so for no loss and then umesh yadav got into the act his radar finally stopped malfunction and we got them 369 all out so very similar here yeah. that said I thought Pakistan were in trouble because they were a batter short. Usama Mir did not make up the runs with the ball that Shadab Khan would have scored with the bat exactly. With the bat and Shadab or additional runs Shadab Khan would have scored. And Shadab at 7 and Nawaz at 8 Pakistan might have won the game because there would have been support for Rizwan. Cummins did nothing so far in the tournament but then one catch he held to get babar azam when he dived right across to pick up that catch that might have won them the game because babar azam with rizwan they could have taken the game much much deeper 
Pakistan lost. They lost by 60 runs or thereabouts. But it's not a bad team. They can still come back and grab a spot. So the two or three things that stood out for me, one was, of course, the way David Warner was handling Harris Rauf. The ball was coming at him at 145, 148, and Warner was hitting rap shots behind him into the stands. That was mind-blowing. He was, he was clearly in extremely good touch. So that that, that was uh, that stood out. Agree with the point on Usama Mir. I, I kind of felt that that whole change was pointless. Both Usama Mir and Shadab Khan are equally bad leg spinners in that sense. They're both capable of returns of 9 overs, 70 runs. But the fact that Shadab, what Shadab brought to the batting side in terms of balance and some more depth was sorely, sorely missed. So, so, And of course, Usama Mir did not help by dropping David Warner in the first or the second over when he was like in a single digits. So yeah, so I think that that swap did not really work out very very well for for Pakistan and then the whole aura of Shaheen Shah and the new ball which has been talked up so much over the last two or three games I think is now kind of sort of getting neutralized with more and more teams probably they watch enough recordings of how he bowls he's become less effective with the new ball I'm really, really hoping that they can apply some of this to Trent Bowl as well as they go into the next game. But that was the other point that I wanted to make. Yeah, few few things. Australia scored less than 30 runs in their last six overs when they still had five wickets in hand. That is trouble. Labuschagne at seven, that's a waste. We all know that Maxwell is a floater. Yes. What better ground for Maxwell to fire given that kind of a start? 259 for one after 33 overs. If Maxwell had fired, they were 430, 440 score. He went out first ball, which was is pretty sad, but this also means that Maxwell is going to fire in some other game. So something to look forward to. I, I still don't get Labushain at seven. Yeah, yeah, he's not the guy to bat at number seven. Shaheen Safridi had 39 dot balls. That's six and a half overs of dot balls in a spell of 10. That is very impressive. I haven't seen that kind of bowling so far. Given this kind of a score, I think he came back very strongly. Osama Amir did not go for 9 over 70. He did better. He went for 82. <laughs> so he hurt them in multiple ways. Yeah, so Barbarism, interestingly, I think in the game against India as well, he was caught at short mid-wicket. Very similar to the way he was caught against Australia. So there is some something going on with this pull. Uh, I don't know if I if it's the India game or some other game. Two places the short the short term pull did not fire caught at uh, mid wicket. So something is off there. So something that he should uh, he should think about. That was yeah. the Netherlands game. That was the Netherlands, Netherlands game. game. Got it. Those are the guys, the paper in the hand, right? So they know exactly what to do. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty uh, pretty interesting. The three sixes from Iftikhar Ahmed you know, and uh, were very interesting to see. If they did have an extra batter, who knows what might have happened. Yeah. But in the end, I think in Chinnaswamy, Australia left about 40 runs minimum on the floor and Pakistan just didn't have the batting firepower to catch on to it. 
And there's one more thing. You don't bring in a rookie at the Chittaswami. Life is not going to be fun. Yeah. I have not seen anybody other than Yuzi Chahal being able to bowl at the Chinnaswami. Even Ashwin and Jadeja have had their limitations yeah. there. Zampa did deliver. He was in fine, fine form when he bowled. I, Four I for 43. Going, yeah. <laughs> you need an experienced spinner out there to bowl at the Chinnaswami. It was a mistake to throw Osama Merit to the Wolves. Wolves, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Not that Shadab Khan is a going to have be a very different but even if he did 9 overs 82 runs at least 40 runs would have come back with the bat at the Chinnaswamy because the guy can hit big sixes yeah, and he's an excellent fielder gun fielder gun fielder but anyway he's uh, very unlike Pakistan <laughs> he can hit the yeah. stumps for example <laughs> so Cummins is interesting every game he's bowling at least half his uh, bowling as dot balls so even in this game 7.3 overs he had 22 dot balls 45 balls 22 dot balls the rest, he is uh, he's something is off. He's just leaking fours and sixes. Yes. And maybe he's attacking too much. I don't know what's going on. Uh, it, leaking. It is the same pattern in the IPL too. Some good balls. But then they'll still take him for two or three boundaries in, in an over, literally. So something is not right with the style of bowling, at least in India or on Indian tracks. Yeah. But do they really need him? Yeah. Steve Smith, the captain, he's also not doing much. But Stoin has single-handedly produced those, manufactured those two wickets. we got to give it to him. Um, yep. Pakistan was flying. <clears throat> 134 for Nolas in 21 overs. And Stoin has got Abdullah first and then Imam Ullak next. It was just relentless bowling. Uh, the, the only comparison from an Australian team I could think of was Shane Vaughan in the 99 World Cup, when everything is down, he was, Steinis was basically pumping up the whole team. The kind of pumping up that you expect a captain like uh, Pat Cummins to do was completely absent and Steinis was single-handedly huge biceps of his. He was just dragging the team out. And that, that I thought was very, very impressive. Interestingly, he bowled only five overs despite uh, producing those important breakthroughs. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he's going to fire with the bat as well uh, someday. So, so he actually, someday... he did a small cameo with the bat. Could have gone yeah. longer. Part of the problem why they left forty runs on the table, but but yeah, it was a, a short cameo. Yeah, he'll start picking up now. I'm really not convinced about Josh Inglis batting ahead of Manas Labushan in this game. You mentioned Labushan batting at seven, not making sense. Yeah, me, I think so too. And to me, Josh Inglis hasn't done enough after A, replacing Alex Carey as keeper and B, being promoted up the order to go do something with a bat. The one the one thing that I was fairly somewhat sad was Pakistan versus Australia, day-night game in Bangalore. And that was Friday and the ground was half empty. I, I can't believe it. This is a ground that fills up uh, at least 30-40% for Ranji Trophy games. So what's going on there? Is it like a giant ticketing snafu that uh, corporate tickets are not being used? I, I don't understand it. This is very unlike Bangalore I've seen. The Bangalore I have in my mind would fill up a stadium. Chinnaswamy is not that big a stadium. Would like completely fill it up. Friday evening, people would just show up. And yeah. uh, this is Pakistan and Australia. 
You've got yeah. enough big names to easily fill up the stadium. And yeah, I, I really don't know if the ODI has gone out of fashion in India that much. I I, I don't know. I, I can't believe it. I, I somehow feel that it's just massive ticketing snafu and all of the yeah. corporate uh, box tickets that are going unused. That's what it sounds like. Anand, let's go down to the least active game of this uh, phase. This phase. The day yeah. game between the Lankans and the Dutch. The Lankans finally opened their account. But not before allowing Netherlands to recover from 91 for 6 to end up with 262. Van Beek again. Is there anything that he can't do? And Inkelbrecht and Van Beek. I have no idea why Van Beek is batting at 8 in this batting lineup of Netherlands. It's like Rashid Khan batting at 8 as well. But maybe these teams know something that we don't know. But dragging the team out from that, 262, given Sri Lanka's collapses in the last two games, there was a chance that they may actually fail here. But finally, Samara Vikrama has been on form. He has delivered in the last game as well. Asalanka came to the party. Simnesanka scored a 50 Kusal Ferreira and Kusal Mendes, the, the two Kusals failed, but between Samara Vikrama and Asalanka, they made sure the game was not lost. But they took the game to 48.2 overs. Uh, this was not a game that was finished really quickly. The Sri Lankans had to work at it, but just enough to get them over the line. Right. So, so that is an interesting term that was used today during the commentary. Uh, one of the commentators, I don't know whom, used the word, the Dutch are playing total cricket. <laughs> nice. And that was brilliant because that yeah. essentially brings back memories of 1974. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when Johan Cruyff and company used to play total football. And where everybody does everything. You never know who's going to bat, who's going to bowl, who's going to field. And that's what this Netherlands team is. This is just like your local league team, wherein, yeah, there is some guy who is a slightly better bowler, slightly better batter. and Which is why, oh, you have taken six wickets. Logan Van Beek will come. The same Logan Van Beek who hits 30 runs of Jason Holder in a super over. That guy is yeah. coming to bat. So I do think that they don't have the bowling if the opposition is sort of fighting back and they're not getting enough of from the surface. I don't think they can get past uh, most teams here, especially the subcontinent teams who just grind them away. And remember, Sri Lanka is very good at beating down weaker opposition. Mm. Against a weak team, you will seldom hear Sri Lanka losing. Yeah, their, their massive five-wicket taker against weak teams unfortunately got injured as well. So, a couple of things uh, from my side, right? One... It's a Lucknow track, though albeit it was a day game. Both teams played three pacers and three spinners. Mm. Sri Lanka and the Netherlands. The In the case of the Netherlands, they have been doing this consistently for, for a few games now. They're opening with Aryan Dutt. I think he's an off-spinner. They're borrowing from the Deepak Patel template, template from 1991. But more to the point, what I wanted to call out was this thing that I observed about the 3 plus 3 split in the middle for the Lucknow pitches that both teams have favored. 
so so yeah it'll be interesting to see how the next set of games in lucknow play out by the time india is ready to play england at that same location are uh, you that was waiting are you yes. insinuating ashwin should play a place for ashwin yes of course <laughs> we should do that every week to <laughs> 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 make one new case why should ashwin play <laughs> anyway so this is mine for today uh, the other one uh, that i wanted to mention was this very uh, virat kohli esque story that was repeating our friend sadira samara vikrama was batting at around 85 86 i think it was 86 he had 40 runs to go over his 100 and there were about uh, 21 runs to go to win so he was in a good place uh, to make those 16 runs then comes this other chap dhananjay deshal who has been in poor form with the bat all, all the games so far comes and tonks two sixes and there it is that's the the end of any dreams that samara vikrama can have to make a 100 he finally poor guy finishes on 91 not out which i thought was the other interesting like, exactly van van beek at 8 to be followed by Janssen at 7. Over to you, Vasant. Janssen at 7. When the tournament started, Anand especially was talking about the top 6 of South Africa, the top 6 of South Africa. And all of us, including the missing Vijay, said, oh man, they don't have an all-rounder. Who's going to bat at 7? Janssen doesn't know how to bat. Well, I think uh, there's been a very, very clear, unequivocal response to that by Marco Janssen. That was a brilliant performance. The way the two cents yeah. took down <laughs> England, that was something. The yeah. big one that I caught really uh, was in the post-game wrap-ups and everything. How many of the players kept talking about... how brutal the weather was and how much they struggled right uh, class and for example he had a 6 and he would collapse and he had a 4 he would collapse they they, they were past uh, the stage where they could run uh, david wiley had cramped up he dropped a uh, he dropped a pretty easy catch simply because he couldn't run in in time to get to the ball so the, so the fitness levels uh, uh, of the players were getting seriously messed around with and it was very obvious so which brings up happen, the whole question yeah once again then what would happen with our thespian from pakistan who says he acts yeah yeah he would be having a a, a ball out there right yeah. in the heart of bollywood anyway yeah. in the heart of bollywood exactly yeah so the top 6 funnily enough this is not the top 6 we were scared of remember their captain had diarrhea they slipped in a new opener who promptly comes in even better <laughs> it was even better right which is this is this is a serious Actually, team the best part was i was catching the post game analysis where sanjay bangar literally said look at this team and compare it with the team that temba bahuma was part of in the team's interest temba bahuma must step away and continue <laughs> to allow two things to happen markram to continue captaining and for reza hendricks to continue batting at the top of the order that is their optimal squad as per sanjay bangar and and mr bahuma has no part in in either of this very powerful argument very interesting argument too he said even this right 2015 maybe hua tha for political reasons they could bring their best 11 onto the field what is it kyle abbot was not played 
for uh, Vernon Philander, Vernon who was Philander not fit. And that cost them that semi-final. Or maybe. Yeah. So, Jay Bangar uh, actually said it. Uh, I was surprised he said it for what it's worth. But uh, there is a degree of truth uh, there, right? Riza Hendricks has been fantastic whenever he gets a chance to play. Except he doesn't yeah. get a chance to play. <laughs> I'll just say one thing and then I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. David Miller hasn't come to the party yet. That is true. David Miller hasn't come to the party. But we, I was just also going to say that Temba Babuma has scored a lot of runs in the last two months. In the, in the recent past, yeah. The guy is in good form. So what stands out to me is if that guy is in good form, but you've got six other guys who seem to be batting better, mm. what kind of a batting lineup is it? And on top of it, the number seven comes and just clubs the ball all over the ground. The big thing to me was, what was Butler thinking yeah. by bowling first? This is, in Mumbai, you cannot bowl first in the daytime. He should have known that. I think the guy is a little mixed up between the IPL and the night games. The guys are more worried about the dew and all that stuff. They are not understanding that in the day you get like energy sapping heat. Yes. So that was a poor call to bowl first. And it's not a huge departure. 240 for five or something like that it was. But by that time, the bowlers were gassed. They were not in a position to bowl those last 10, 12 overs. Exactly. That's the 390. Yeah. Yeah, two, two. 243 for 5 after 36. Miller is gone. They should, there's no, no reason to end with 399. 243 for 5 and then 394 for 6. Yeah. 150 runs between those two. Yeah. In a hurry. Yeah. That, that, that is in 13 overs. Yeah. That is, that is where they, they were just physically incapable of carrying on at that point. And, and they were incredibly unlucky with Reese Topley, who started really well, got a wicket of uh, Decock, had the new ball spell in control, and then he breaks a finger and that's that's the end of that. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that was very, very unlucky. But if there is, uh, I thought this might be the first time we cross 400 runs. Nobody has crossed 400 in this World Cup so far. They have, 428 they hit, right, against Sri Lanka. The oh, same guys, yeah. Right. Yeah, the game one, first gun. Yeah, yeah, three centuries, yeah. So, England chasing, I don't know if they were completely deflated when they came out. It was like a very sorry sight <laughs> to see them back. They had, of course, very good reflexes. But Topley yeah. breaking his finger, is that it? Is Are we going to have Archer coming to the team? So, uh, is that what this is? Matt Mott has said, Matthew Mott, right? He has said that we don't have any plans for bringing Archer in. If we do have to bring someone in, it'll be someone else. And Archer is strictly here for rehab reasons. That is his statement. So let's see what really happens though as the next couple of weeks unroll. Yep. England has to win all Everything from here. five games. Yes. Yes. And they have yes. Pakistan, they have India, and they have one Australia. more. In Australia, they have, they have done, right? When? Oh, they, no, they, they, yeah, Australia is their last one. So, Australia, India, Pakistan. Three big ones. And they have to win all three. So, it will be really think, difficult. Think, and then they also have Logan Van Beek. 
this is the stage at at the four games all stage where the leaders have clearly pulled away from the also rans i think india new zealand south africa south africa despite losing to the netherlands kind of sitting pretty then you have a bit of a two way or perhaps a three way run between pakistan australia and england perhaps in that order who may still have a shot at the semis obviously not all of them are going to make it one of them and then the others they they are already in the at the stage where they just here to make up the numbers sri lanka afghanistan bangladesh the netherlands all of these guys that's what it's yeah. looking like at least from the leaderboard standpoint look i agree with you 20 of the matches are gone and india is actually sitting very pretty because they got one two games against some stronger challengers so okay. that sounds good new zealand has only played one of the bigger teams namely england south africa have won two yes and they have beaten australia already they have beaten australia already so i think these teams are in a good position and so it's it is increasingly looking like one of pakistan australia and england will grab that slot number 4 and the way they are playing australia has looked very impressive but they look a little how do you say fragile at times yes england has looked very poor pakistan it's a good team they look okay there's something missing here and there and if shahid afridi starts bowling better or starts bowling like the way he did in the last game and harris rao gets his mojo back they might just be in the business yeah but anyway let's talk about round 5 as we were just talking about pakistan and their need to push a little harder to make it to the semis they line up in round 5 against afghanistan in chennai right thoughts banana peel i expect afghanistan to win here assuming uh, they bat yeah <laughs> I, i hope afghanistan bats and pakistan what i've seen so far is when the chase gets tricky i haven't seen them seen them fight their way through against the four afghani spinners if they are in a spot of bother i don't see them winning and given pakistan's spin attack i won't be surprised if afghanistan ends up at 280 and if they can somehow get up pakistan to 130 for 3 or something it's afghanistan's game to lose i really hope that afghanistan bats first and they learn from this earlier game against new zealand and the game they won against england and, and follow that path there's one more angle to this the mental game hmm before the tournament started pakistan were protesting against playing afghanistan at this venue oh really and i missed that they made a very specific statement saying that there's been scheduling made such that it helps afghan spinners they oh, wanted to swap the australia game with afghanistan game the venues icc and bcci said no we don't swap it for just because you can't play so it's already in their heads mm. that they're going to have a challenge against afghanistan in chennai and that's not a good place to be in yeah the predictions afghanistan pakistan afghanistan afghanistan okay i still think pakistan okay so then let's go over to the tuesday game between the nagins and the south africans in mumbai yeah. 
it's in it mumbai it should be south africa it's in mumbai the bangladesh will not be able to hold off the south africans and the south africans the, have already played one game here now so they know how the conditions are so yeah they will win yeah and if mr temba bauma is still unwell then riza hendricks is going to come in yeah. clatter bangladesh all over marine drive then we go to delhi where australia is playing against logan van beken company i i think this is a bridge too far for the netherlands total cricket or whatever so i think it's australia all think, the way yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, steinis and maxwell are going to come to the party if it is the flat kotla pitch and if those two come to the party mm-hmm. it will be a huge win for australia absolutely the last game of the round is between england and sri lanka at the chinnaswamy now england has to win england this england has to win the this matter of survival yeah and sri lanka really doesn't have a chance although there is news that dushmanta chamira and angelo, angelo matthews are in town mm. they are going to make any difference in bengaluru now if vanindo hasaranga where to get paid a flight mm. to bangalore then it would have been very different but yeah 400 plus game for england they are they have to fire so but it's a lot of fun listening to tms after england fails so <laughs> send me a link i'd like to listen yeah that's called the test match special podcast oh okay yeah you cool. check it, it out they have a daily thing So talking about podcasts and shows like we all discussed in another forum I thought the pavilion from Pakistan's A sports is pretty good very pretty balanced good. and no nonsense and kudos to Asim Akram especially he doesn't allow any garbage to be discussed yeah. in the show finally the big game of the round India versus New Zealand at dharamsala india i think maybe the lord would uh, arise it's a big game player assuming the lord plays yeah so uh, what is the team they, what do you think is the team yeah it's dharamsala yeah sky and shami instead of lord and hardik perhaps i wouldn't be surprised that makes sense yeah five bowlers and then rohit sharma as the bowler <laughs> but this is dharamshala some thakur is to play right <laughs> if it's uh, do you think they'll go with sky and thakur that's what i think will happen i, I listened to dravid's uh, press conference with a lot of interest he didn't give anything away he basically said uh, we know what 11 we are going to play but i'm not going to tell you <laughs> that's effectively what he said uh, but he kind of gave some indications here there somebody asked him a question about what do you see as shardul's role and he was like he's our bowling all-rounder we're very clear that he has to bat and he has to bowl so he made a couple of leading statements here and there which kind of led me to believe that ishan kishan is not going to play and sky will play instead because they clear that sky has a role as a finisher whereas ishan will have to bat at the top of the order there is no place at the top of the order so no ishan i think hardik uh, number 6 spot will be taken by sky and they will trust shardul takur to bowl the 10 full overs and go with just five bowlers if something does go wrong you've got virat kohli and, and rohit, rohit sharma i don't think is going to bowl but virat kohli at least we know he bowled three balls in an earlier game 
So he may just show up with a couple of overs. That but looks I, like my squad. Yeah. A couple of things though. I think Ram, you mentioned that the reports that Thakur spent a lot of time in the nets. Yes, batting that too. If you're going to be batting so long in the nets, you're playing the game. That's the Correct. way it is. The other thing is, Rohit Sharma has been bowling in the nets a fair amount. And like was mentioned earlier, not only was he bowling, but we had Ravi Ashwin standing next to him and giving him pointers. So if the guy can stand there and say, hey, you can bowl better off spin by doing this, I think all kudos to him. And yeah. the skipper as well, because if he can squeeze in two, three overs, so why not? Okay. It's a smallish ground, high altitude, lots of runs anyway. Does it really matter who's going to bowl? As long as everybody remains safe, I'm mm. happy. Oh, by the way, you mentioned that Sky had been hit by, in the hand and John okay. was bit by yeah, a bee. Yeah, he was bit by a bee. Oh, yeah. That was, a, that was a Hindu reporting all that, by the way, which I read in the morning, our morning. It, it seems to have settled down now. They are all fit. So they just have to make the decision on or run with the decision on whatever they have decided their balance will be. I would have liked to see the three pacer, three spinner combo, which would mean that you don't play the extra batter. You promote Jadeja up to six, which I don't think is a bad idea. And then you pack him up with both Ashwin and Takur. So you, you can play six, seven, eight again. I thought that could be an option, but they may not choose that because they may feel like we don't need three spinners at, at the Dharmjala pitch. But we'll see. I guess across the board, we are all expecting India to win. So many one-sided games. It's, this World Cup has been not very exciting so far. Yeah, they have been one-sided. <laughs> like was mentioned earlier or in that little tweet, the most exciting part of the whole World Cup so far has been whether Virat Kohli will... So he can get a 100 or not. I, I really hope that we'll see some tighter action as the tournament goes on. It's not uh, been that exciting. At the same time, these have not been shirt fronts where people just rack up 300s and 400s and the games are decided at the bat. In fact, of the first 18 games or so, there were about seven scores of less than 200. Mm. And a couple which were just over 200, 205, 206 kind of, from losing teams. So it's not like people ran away with some huge scores and we, we saw something like 350 beats 313. Only in two games have both the teams scored 300. Correct. So it's not like it's been just, what do you call Put your foot out and then bang, hit yeah, through yeah, the line. Yeah. Okay. And which also shows why England has been struggling. On that part, I thought the pitches have been fine. I think it was pretty silly of ICC to rate the Chennai and Ahmedabad pitches as average. Travid got pretty unhappy about yeah, it. Yeah, he did a rant on it. Yeah. But it makes no sense. The Chennai pitch against Australia was their incompetence. And same with Pakistan. Those guys were just hustled out by a very, very good bowling attack. Okay, if it's a bad pitch, both teams should struggle. There was no struggle when India was batting. Yes. Okay? Except for those two airy-fairy yeah. shots against Australia, which caused us to be two for three. At no other point Have was there any struggles. Red soil or black soil in Chennai? Afghanistan versus Pakistan. Black soil. Black yeah. soil, three spinners. Yeah, black soil. Pakistan does not have a good spin attack. Yep. Let's see. It's not like India or New Zealand are playing. TNC might not care. <laughs> yeah. Mitchell Satter, by the way, is a top wicket taker in uh, the World Cup 2023 so far. It's quite a run. 
I have to talk about this one. One of an earlier podcasts, I remember at least two of you all saying that they wanted to see a New Zealand versus South Africa final. There you are, next Saturday, there is a New Zealand versus South Africa final. But the rugby final, and there I don't think there is that level of sympathy because both are three-time champions and one of them is the defending champions. Today, after the presentation ceremony, Aidan Markham says, oh, I have to say one more thing. Best wishes to the Bokki, Bokki are the Springboks. That's their rugby team. And then Michael Arthur and shoot him off, go. <laughs> Take the win and leave, he said. <laughs> yeah. With that, we end this episode. We will continue with the match reviews and predictions in our next episode. By the time this episode comes out, we would have had the result of the first of the round five games, the India-New Zealand one. Thank you for listening in. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of Cricket for the West Coast Infidels podcast. Today, we had Anand, Ram and myself